Father, we praise you this morning, Lord. Father God, I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is true. You are faithful. We stand on your word this morning, thanking you for all your many blessings and your, your, your grace and your mercy and the power of your spirit that lives within us. We thank you for that this morning. And Lord, I just pray that your people this morning, right now, Lord, that those online, those in this building right now, Father, that you just begin to to build them up, Father God. That this morning, Lord, that your word would, would, would burn inside of them, Father, and would bring them up to a point, bring their confidence up to a point, bring them to a place, Lord Jesus, where their faith is totally in you, Lord. As we look forward to what you have in store for us, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, we thank you that your anointing is upon this word, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Those of you in, you may be seated. Thank you for coming this morning. You know, as I um, was preparing this this morning, and I was going through the week, and I was going through all the things that you that the Lord was was doing, and and um, Father, I, I just was thanking the Lord, and I had. Some things, you know, it's, it's amazing how when a lot of times when I'm preparing for a sermon that these little things come along that I have to deal with and I have to remember what I'm doing. And I, um, I thought Mike brought something to my memory this morning. I was talking to him and he said, well, you know how it is when you get up on that 10 foot ladder and you get this little feeling in your stomach. And he was talking about me because he don't get that. He said, I can get up on a water tank and it don't bother me. But he knows how I used to be. But you know what? I had to press through that and press through that and press through that and press through that. And finally, I can get up on that 10-foot ladder or 12-foot ladder and do pretty good. I don't think about that. My stomach don't get all messed up. But, you know, there's another thing that I've been really pressing into in the last two months, I guess. And that's getting better with Spanish. Because, you know, I have to be with Daphne sometimes. She's a strict teacher. And I, I, I use an app called Duolingo, which has really been a good app for me. And um, so, so this week, I thought I'll just, and it, and I really never thought of it. I was standing there this morning, and I thought about this. I was like, I had gotten some confidence up. And Daphne comes in the other day. She always comes and brings us little surprises sometimes. She mostly does me because I'm the nicest to her. And I, I'm in there, and she goes in, and I was like, she's got these really neat-looking blue shoes on. And I thought, I'm going to try to tell her that I like them in Spanish. And I'm like, you know if I'm wrong, she's going to let me know. <laughs> and so I just spurted it out. I said, me gustan tus zapatos de... Azulis. I didn't say it right this time. See? There went my confidence. Yeah. So I, but I had kind of built up my confidence because I said it right then. And she's like, oh, yeah. She, yeah, see? So I'm, um, this week I ran into this stump. I'm going through this thing and I'm going like, ah, yeah, yeah. And it's boom, boom, boom. And I was like, man, I'm just going to shut this thing off because I keep typing it in wrong. I keep saying it wrong. 
keep doing it wrong. And then it just kind of popped in on me like, are you really going to give up? Are you going to tell these people Sunday morning about confidence? And you? <laughs> so I kept with it, and I finally got it. But what I'm saying is that, you know, in this, we'll be, we'll be, so you can go ahead and turn to it if you got your Bibles or if you're turning to it in your, if you got my notes or however, you turn to it on your iPad or your phone or whatever, but it's Hebrews 10, you're going verse 35 through 39. And that, so the title of my sermon is Keep Your Confidence. And Paul's saying in here in, in verse 35, it says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole thing. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Now, and Paul goes and it says, do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Well, in the, um, the King James, it says, cast not away. And in the Amplified, it says, do not fling. And the... the um, Passion translation that says, So don't lose your bold, courageous faith, for you are destined for a great reward. And in the message it says, So don't throw it all away now. So in this, what Paul is saying is, don't throw it all away. You've come, it's like kind of like you've come this far, and then all of a sudden things are getting rocky or rough, or tough, or the enemy's coming against you, whatever's happening, and then you, you're just like, okay, I'm done. None of you ever felt that way, right? You never lost your confidence. You know, sometimes you, you do stuff for years, maybe your job, and you've done it for years, and things change up a little bit, and then all of a sudden you lose your confidence. It's just not the same, right? I can't do this exactly the same. That, um, I'm going to, in a moment, I, I, just, I decided I'm going to read a lot of this. And Rick, Rick, Rick Renner has a book called Sparkling Gems, and it has daily devotionals. And this is from this first uh, Sparkling Gems. There's two books, and this is the first one, and this is from June 22nd. Um, and I'm going to um, read some of this to you because I thought it was very good. And I thought, well, I can't say it any better than what he's saying, so why not read it? what he says it says have you ever gotten so exhausted from waiting for God's promise to come to pass that you were tempted to say forget it I waited long enough I'm not going to sit here and wait any longer I've given enough of my life to this and I'm tired of it I'm going to toss the whole thing away and move on with my life I think a lot of people have done that I'm sure and said that I'm like man and there are times that the enemy has tempted me to say that. You know, he sent me to say, you know, there's a lot of other easier things that you can do than what you're doing. I mean, you can say amen to that. There are sometimes. You know, it's, it's a kind of a, a joke between me and a couple of other 
pastors who, you know, have had people say, and I had somebody to say this to me, like, it's none of y'all, it's like 20 years ago. Maybe longer than that, because it was before I was a senior pastor, and I'd come on staff, and some guy said, just what do you do all day long? You know, you, you ministers only work an hour and a half a week. I'm like, wow. Well, I didn't know that. That's great, because I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> and then what I said, I said, just come next week and follow me. See what I do. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that can break your confidence. That can make you like, well, wow. If that's what people think, then why am I still here? Why did I take this position? <laughs> and he goes on to say, if this is a temptation for you, then you need to read Hebrews 10.35. It's God's strong warning that urges you, us to never quit and never give up. Cast not away or do not throw away your confidence because it has great rewards. See, when you stick with it, there are great rewards on the other side of it. If you don't, you'll never know where there reward. You'll never see that there were rewards. So this word, I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit here just to not be so wordy. But this, this word is taken from apo, which means away, and the word balo, which means to throw something. So when you put it together, it means, this is the Greek word, it means to throw away, to discard, or to get rid of something no longer desired, needed, or wanted. I think in that case, most case, it's something you don't desire. It's something you really need, and you might not know that you really want it, but you do. A vivid example of the word epibalo is used in Mark 10, 5. This is when Jesus, he uh, just finished his ministry in Jericho, and he's walked past blind Bartimaeus. Everybody, most of you should know who that is. It's a blind man named Bartimaeus. And when he goes by, it says that and when he... Bar Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus from Nazareth. He began to cry out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more greater, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus was so struck by Bartimaeus' insistence that he tells us, and Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And this word is the next in, 10, in Mark 10, 50 says, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. The words casting away was this word apabalo, which means that he flung it off. And, and he's, he said in here that the reason he did that because it had him so bound he couldn't get up and walk. So he flung it off. He, I'm getting rid of this so I can go to Jesus. <laughs> he, he held on to his confidence that Jesus could heal him. Even though he couldn't see him or anything else, and you know the rest of the story. He was healed. Why? Because he had confidence that Jesus could do it. And he was, but he flung off something that was binding him, not something that he needed. And we need to fling off and cast away those things that hold us back. But we need to keep our confidence in God. Keep our confidence in him. The word confidence means faith or belief that one will act in a right, proper, or effective way. The quality or state of being certain. The feeling of assurance. 
you know, and confidence in God. I'm assured that my God will perform what he says he'll perform, and I'm assured that if I stay the course and if I keep my confidence in him, that I will be able to accomplish that what he has called me to accomplish. Not that what I want to accomplish, but what he has called me to accomplish. A lot of times we get that mixed up, and people get that mixed up. They're trying to do what they think that they want to do instead of really doing what God has called them to do. Sometimes because what God wants us to do is a lot harder than what we want to do. And so we have to stick with it. And if we do, we'll see the reward. If we don't, we won't see the reward. And we'll say, well, I did all that for nothing. Well, you maybe not have been doing what you were supposed to do. So we like to take the easy route. And serving God's not always easy. There are times when it's, it's kind of easy because you get in the groove and then all of a sudden something comes up and you got to do something a little more. You, you get, you know, the, the, Satan will test you and test you and test you because he wants you to fail. He wants you to stop. He wants you to lose your confidence. He wants you to back off. So I want to give you some weapons that will help you keep your confidence this morning. Don't we all need weapons? You know, weapons are there to protect us, to help us go forward. And you could almost say tools also. We all need tools to perform our jobs. We need tools to do it, right? If you don't have the right tool, it's harder to do. Um, someone called me this week, and they were doing some work on a, a light fixture, and it's one that hangs over a dining room table. And they said, I'm get, i I got to extend it. And I bought this wire. And I, don't, I bought this wire, and the, the wire is the same color on both sides. So how do you know which is the neutral and which is not? I said, well, that's, I want to say that's easy, but it's not easy if you've never done it. So I'm going to give you all, write this down, because if you ever do it, you'll know. Well, on those wires, one side is rough. It's got little ridges on it. That's the, new, that's the white wire. Okay, the neutral wire. And the other slick. That's the hot wire. No matter what color it is. You ever picked up a lamp cord and you feel that? He went, he, he grabbed, he said, I feel it. Why did I not know that? I said, because you've never done it. You can't know something that you've never done. So anyway, he, he, he evidently got it together. I didn't hear him scream or he didn't call me back or anything. So, so um, sometimes that we need the tools. Sometimes we need the knowledge. I didn't put that in here, but knowledge is a tool, the knowledge of God's Word. So the first one is patience, waiting and abiding. How many of us need the willingness to wait? How many of us need the willingness to wait? Hmm. Hebrews 10.36 says this, says this, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do, to do God's will. Then you will receive all that his promise. When we continue in that, when we keep our confidence and we never give up and we never stop, then we'll see everything that he's promised. But if we stop, we will not see all his promises. You know, some people stop because this big thing happened. They got this promise. Well, that's all I need. But there are promises after promises, and we need to keep on keeping on. You know, I was, when I was coming up, when I was um, a teenager and a little bit older, there was a sign that was really awesome. It said, keep on trucking. Any of you older people like me remember that? And I had one. I had a, a Peggy's daddy called it a hippie van. I had one of those vans with the 
porthole windows on it, a bed in the back with a light on it, and the whole thing was carpeted, and the ceiling had mirror tiles on it. And I had this big poster in there and had this guy on it, and it was all colorful, and he was doing this, keep on trucking. And I had a black light that would shine on it and make it go. I mean, it was cool. And that sound, keep on trucking. Don't give up. Keep going. They're all getting a picture of that and said, oh, man, I wasn't glad. <laughs> Keep on trucking, guys. You know what? And another little tidbit of that when we go to Myrtle Beach and, you know, used to, back in those days, you did what we said, cut town. There wasn't a lot of other to do. So we'd go down the strip, come back. Well, you open that door so everybody can see your cool sign. No matter how hot it was, I didn't have air conditioning in that van anyway, so it didn't really matter. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You know you can trust God to keep the promises that he gives us? We just got to keep on trucking. I should have named that. This should have been the name of the sermon, keep on trucking. Hebrews 6, 12 and Amplified says this, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with ap absolute trust and confidence in him and in his power and by patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promises. You want to get the promises of God, you got to hang in there. You got to keep your confidence. You can't lose it. Luke 8, 15 says, but that on the good ground, but that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. You're not going to see the fruit without patience. You're not going to see the fruit without keeping your confidence, without going on patience. The Bible says patience is a virtue. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. We need patience. We need to keep patient. You know, that's hard for me sometimes to do, is to be patient. And then other times it's, it's, it's not that hard. But I know some, and I, I've had friends that they had no patience for anything. <laughs> but you have to have patience. You got to keep standing there. So first tool, the first weapon is patience. The second one is endurance. And endurance, the, the, the definition is the ability to withstand hardship or adversity to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. You got patience because you're willing to wait, but do you have endurance? You know, those people who run, um, um, what is it, fields and track, whatever, the um, McKelvey boys do this cross-country stuff, and I don't know how they do it, but they're younger than me, I guess. But they run and run and run. But you know what? They get that endurance from what? They keep doing it. They keep practicing it. They don't just wait till they get to school or till they get to the event and say, well, I'm going to run because you know what? They're going to be left behind. But they got to constantly endure, constantly be at it. 2 Timothy 1 verses 1 through 3 says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me, heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. In other words, 
when you get attacked or whatever's going on, endure it, just like I'm doing. And when I get, be with me, keep enduring, keep going on, keep, you know, it's the same way like in church when we as a body, a local body, and as a body of Christ, we got to keep enduring together. We got to keep going. Even though things are happening, you know, you'll see people falling off. Boom. I can't do that anymore. That's just tough. I like it when it's easy. Well, you know what? I want to say this. This is my, my statement. Easy doesn't get you much of anywhere. Easy doesn't bring you to the next level. Easy doesn't bring you to where you need to be. What do you mean? I want it to be. Yeah, we all want it to be easy. But it's not always that. It's when you press through the hard times. Let me say it like this. And when you're enduring, the, the things that are hard now, when you press through them, they become the easy things. So when you go that again, you I know how to do that. I know how to go through that. It's like in your job when you learn something, it may be hard. And one of these days, good, one of these days, Spanish is going to be easy. Daphne look at me like, <laughs> but with people like Daphne that keeps me straight, I, it may be, it will be. I'll get through that hard part. At least, at least I'll, I've learned a little bit more in these last few months than I knew before. So, so it's through those suffering times or through those hard times, those attack times that we learn. So when we go through that again, we go, whoop, oh, I remember that. That's, that's easy. But then you're going to have something else probably that's going to pop up and go. And you're going to have to learn to endure that. And you're going to have to learn to keep going on and keep going on. You know, and one day you'll decide that it was worth it. You understand what I'm saying? It was worth it. You might at the time go, my first um, mission trip was tougher than any mission trip I've ever been on. I mean, it was pretty crazy. And there was another friend of mine with me. And I'll tell his name. He won't mind. His name is Warren Jones. And he went with me, and he and I got left behind. We got eat up by mosquitoes. We wake up with our bed covered in blood because of mosquitoes eating on us and all of this kind of stuff. And so when we got back to America, he kissed the ground, handed me his passport, said, burn it. I'll never leave this country again. Well, guess what? God is a God of miracles. Because in July, he is going to Nicaragua with us. God does some things in people's lives, right? I, I called him up, and he's like, yeah. So he called me back and said, put my name on the list. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a fun trip. I thought, I, but, it, but he don't really know that Nicaragua is like cakewalk compared to what we went through. But anyway, so... Where was I at? <laughs> so what I'm saying is that we'll learn that the hard things bring us to things, other things, and those become the easy things. And there are things that happened that we knew about that, that we thought was really hard at the time. But see, we got the knowledge of God's word to go through them when we go to the next thing. It's not like we just keep pounding, but we do in a lot of ways. So 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, Overcome every form of evil. As a victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. 
Wow. Every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world. In other words, they'll happen and there are distractions, but guess what? We don't have to be married to them. It doesn't have to be the thing that drives us. It had to be the thing that holds us back. We divorce them. We get rid of them. We don't any longer let the distractions of the world keep us from pressing forward and doing what God has called us to do. Amen? A couple people agree. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So endurance develops character. Character strengthens our confidence. Amen? So we... we, we we need to um, realize that. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So we know that through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, and he fills us with love. So we know that God loves us, and we won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed in God. Philippians 3, 13 through 16. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must Hold on to the progress we have already made. If you lose confidence, you lose the pro progress that you've made. You know, I, I don't know how many of you have ever had to help somebody push their car off. And you get it to rolling. If you stop, especially if it's a little bit of an incline, you lose that progress. But if you keep pushing, it'll get faster and faster. See, back in the day, everybody had a, a, a we called it a straight drive or a stick shift, whatever you want to call it today. And... When the car wouldn't crank, you'd just push it off and let go of the clutch and it'd take off. Today, it's not so simple. But that, that's what we did back in the day. We, we, you know, and, but we would get to pushing it, and, and, and we didn't want to lose that. We'd tell everybody, don't you stop. We keep pushing. Somebody, oh, it's hard. Just keep pushing. Keep pushing. And then finally, we crank it. You know, we learned it. If you put it in a little bit higher gear, it cranks easier than if you leave it in low gear, so. The next weapon, so let me just say this, you have to endure. Amen? Keep on keeping on. Keep on trucking. And the next one is faith. Faith is very important, right? We have to have faith. Hebrews 10, 38, and my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. We already read that, and you say, wow. In other words, it's not that God abandons you. He just doesn't. He doesn't take pleasure in the fact that you turn away because he knows what's going to happen. You lose your confidence. He knows what's going to happen if you're not living by faith. He takes no pleasure in that. 
And this next, what I'm going to read, this next uh, scripture gives us the definition. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. So, um, you know, faith, we always said the faith is the evidence of things hoped for. We have faith in God. But when we, to me, your faith is built up when you have confidence and you endure these things. You have patience, you endure it, and when you endure it, guess what? Your confidence is built up. Your faith is built up because you see God working in those areas. And it takes all of these things put together to keep us going and to keep us strong. Romans 1.17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. How? By faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And I'm not just talking about eternal life. I'm talking about life on this earth, a good life, a life that is alive and well. Yes, by faith we accept Jesus Christ, and that's how we live. But we also need to have life while we're here on earth. And that's how we have it, by faith. I can say that a hundred times, by faith. I could say this too, in an enduring faith, not just a faith. You know, it's not, we just don't have faith that, uh, in Jesus Christ that he's our Lord and Savior and that one day we're going to be in heaven with him. We, we have eternal life. We're, we're given that hope. We have faith in that. But we can have faith that, as, as I talked about the other week, is um, we have life and have it how? More abundantly. So we can have a good life. James 1, 5 through 8 says, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. I think that's important that if we need wisdom, we need to ask God. He, he says he's generous, and he will give it to us. He will give us the wisdom we need to do what we need to do to go through any situation that we need to go through. Our problem is we want to wait and ask God his opinion after we've failed three or four times. And then we say, oh, well, Lord, maybe I should ask you. Well, you should ask him to start with, right? You should have said, hey, Lord, I got this situation. What can I do instead of relying on your own self or what somebody else says? He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that faith is in, your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is, is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is be divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. See, we either believe God or we don't. And if we try to believe God for this part and this part, we'll, we'll go with what the world says and we're back and forth. That's why we don't see endurance. That's why we don't see success in our life. That's why we can't stay confident because we're not totally trusting in God. We say we are, but we're totally trusting in God when we need him. But what we don't realize, we need him all the time. And we want to 
cry out to God when things go wrong, when we should be doing it all the time. We should be trusting Him. We should be in His Word. We should be studying. And we, it, you don't, you can't, it's not good to wait till crisis comes. Oh, Lord, rescue me. If you're doing it all ahead of time, you might not get in that situation to start with. And if you do, then you know exactly what to say, and your confidence is built up, your endurance is built up, your faith is built, built up, and then you can go right into it. And it's not all this going from, okay, Lord, things are good, I'm going to smooth on. And then when I see this great wall, I was like, okay, Lord, now I need your help. No, you need your help every single day. And if we learn to live that way, we don't, see the walls as much or we might just be able to skip over the wall we might be able to go through the wall with ease romans 5 1 and 2 says therefore since we have made right been made right in god's sight by faith we have peace with god because of what jesus christ our lord has done for us because of our faith christ has brought us into this place of undeserved the undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look to sharing God's glory. So we're confident, and we have joy, and we're going to endure to the end. Hebrews 6, 12. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of what? Their faith and endurance. Because of enduring faith. We inherit God's promises. And I mean God's promises here on earth. Not just the ones in heaven, but here on earth. God has made promises to us that apply to us right now, in this day, in this time. While we're, while we're walking, while we're in this earth, while we're on this earth. So we, we have to not become spiritually dull. In other words, don't let the things of this world Take the shine off. And don't be indifferent to God's Spirit. Well, you know, God's Spirit is here. He's living on the inside of you. And then the next tool is remembrance. Now, you know, we don't, we say we put the past behind, but we need to remember the things that God has done for us, the monumental things, you know, just as, as, when the Israelites crossed over into the promised land, um, they were told to put up 12 stones. They put stones up for a memorial to what God has done. We need to do that in our life. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. We need to call, the King James says, Call to remembrance. Don't ever forget. You know what? You've been this way before. <laughs> He's telling them, you've been this way before. You know, we should remember those things. We've been through that before. Hebrews 10.35 says, So do not throw away, as we were going through this confident trust in the Lord, remember the great reward it brings you. Don't throw it away. Don't throw this confidence away. You know, as I read 1 Peter 5, now I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation. It says, take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack. And he's talking about the enemy, Satan. With strong, vigorous faith. What kind of faith? Strong, vigorous faith. 
For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. Let me say this. This can build your confidence up if you know that you're not the only one. You ever felt like you're the only one? I'm the only one this ever happens to. I'm the only one that this goes. But no, you're not. People all over the world are experiencing things, some worse than we ever even thought about. And you know what? What's really encouraging when we see them go through it and we see them come out the other side, that encourages us to keep going and remember those times. Hebrews 10, I'm going to read this whole little scripture in the message because it just kind of brings to light some things to me um, if you just kind of read this. It says, remember those early days after you first saw the light? How many of you remember those early days when you first accepted Christ? You know, some of us, they were kind of like a, a, you're on a honeymoon kind of. Things just seemed to always go right. You're so excited. What happens? God doesn't change. We do. We lose that little, well, you know, it's not quite as exciting as it was. But those were, hard, were the hard times, kicked around in public, targets of every kind of abuse, some days it was you, other days it was your friends. If some friends went to prison, you stuck by them. If some enemies broke in and seized your goods, you let them go with a smile, knowing they couldn't touch your real treasure. Sometimes it's not worth the fight. Let them take it, and then you know where your treasure is. You know where your real treasure is. Nothing they did bothered you. Nothing set you back. So don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. You were sure of it back in the early days. You need to still be sure of it. Don't just throw it all away. Well, doggone it. I'm just done with this thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan so you'll be there for the promised completion. <laughs> stick it out. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute look at the anticipation that paul and those had any time they were expecting him to show up at any time and he did for them it wasn't only talking about salvation or the, the second coming of jesus but he said he'll show up at any minute man we're going through something god you're going to show up at any minute we need that kind of faith and that kind of uh, confidence any minute now god's going to show up but anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. But we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no. We'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. If anyone who is right with me thrives, anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. It's that trust in God. It's that confidence in God. Remember the definition of confidence is, is talking about trust. And you know, these things will make you just figure out, do I really trust God? I do. I just trust that things that happen look good or don't look good or feel good or don't feel good or make it. In other words, I trust God if it works out. 
I trust God to start with and let him work it out in his way and in his timing. That's where the patience comes from. That's where the endurance comes from. It, it doesn't always, it's not, some things happen, boom, and a lot of things don't. It takes a while. Man, I've prayed for people and prayed for people and prayed for people to accept Christ, and some of them took years. I'm still praying for some people. Never giving up. And then the last two I was telling Robert, I sent him one at the last minute because I'm sitting here going, I'm sitting in my office this morning going through my notes, and I left out one. Not that I left it out, I just didn't think about it. And then all of a sudden it hit me. And it's called hope. We need hope. Listen to this definition. Hope is to expect with confidence. Wow. Expect with confidence. Hope is expecting with confidence. And I want to read a um, little story I have that I found. It's really neat. It's about rats. What? Well, listen, hear me out. I know all you are picturing these little rats running around. Just listen to it. So several years ago, an experiment on endurance was conducted at the University of California at Berkeley. The experiment involved placing Norwegian field rats. Now, I don't know what that is or what it looks like, but it's in a tub of water where they were forced to swim until they grew exhausted and finally drowned. Well, how cruel is that? Listen, during the first experiment, the researchers discovered that on the average, these rats were capable of swimming for over seven hours before drowning. Seven hours. You say, wow, that's a long time. I couldn't swim seven hours. <laughs> so a second experiment was conducted exactly like the first, but with one exception. This time, when a rat was getting too exhausted to swim any longer, the researchers would remove the rat from the tub of water for a few seconds. Listen to this. Then put the rat back into the water to continue swimming. It's like a few seconds. A few seconds. These rats were able to, and, and then he would return them to the water, and these rats were able to swim for almost 20 hours before perishing. What's the difference? I'm reading this, I'm like, what? The researchers concluded that the rats in the second group were, <laughs> I love this, were able to swim so much longer than the first group because of one factor. They had hope. <clears throat> hope combined with faith increases the evidence, the endurance level needed to produce the desired change or outcome. Anything less leads to defeat and mediocrity. So you say, how... Well, what gave them hope? Listen, they had experienced a rescue. And what kept them going was the hope that they would be rescued again. That's, to me, that's amazing. To me, that's awesome. They swam for seven hours the first time, but when they put the other rats in there and they swam, and when they were getting ready to drown, they were rescued. And because their memory remembrance, they remembered that rescue, they were able to go 20 hours. See, when we can remember what God has done, we can have hope. God rescued me then. He's going to rescue me now. So I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on keeping on. 
And you know what? I believe that God, after the 20 hours, he can pull you back out and rescue you again. You'll keep going and rescue again and rescue you again and rescue you again. Isn't that awesome? So we need hope. And when we have, when we look at what God has done in the past, it gives us hope. When I look at how God rescued me, just, just my salvation from what I was, I mean, that gives me great hope. Because he took somebody that was so crazy and terrible. And d- even though I'd been to church all my life, I didn't believe that God was who he said he was. Even had times when I doubted that God even existed. And I was raised in a good old Southern Baptist church that preached hellfire and brimstone all the time, that preached the word. I still had doubts sometimes. I think I've told, I know I've told you this before, and some of you are like, <gasps> I used to think, that when I turned 18, my parents would tell me that God wasn't really real, that they just used that to keep me straight during my teenage years. How did I get that? I, you know I didn't get that in the church. The Satan put that in my mind. But at that good age of 18, I accepted Christ later on and found out, well, this is awesome. <laughs> So we need hope to expect with confidence. That's why we need to, in that other part, the remembering part, we were given hope. You know, I, I'm going to read uh, some more scripture to you in a moment, but th- this, especially this first one, Romans 15, 13, is um, a prayer I have for you because I want all of us I want all of us to realize what hope in Jesus Christ can do, what keeping our confidence can and will do in our lives. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, and who is our source of hope? God and him alone, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I pray for you today. Everybody, online, wherever you're at, in here. That you, you know, you would allow God to fill you with his joy and his peace. Why? Because you trust in him. I have joy in God because I trust in him. Then you'll overflow with a confident hope. An enduring hope. You won't lose that confidence. You won't be willing to throw it out. Just because things are a little tough. Well, I'm done. And, and, you, and, and I'm not talking necessarily about something short period of time, something you've been doing for years. You just finally said, you know what? I'm done with this. Don't do that. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.3 says, As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul really was pumping this confidence and this enduringness and having hope. You know, we need to have our confidence and our hope in Jesus Christ. And we need to know that if we keep it and don't throw it off, don't just... 
right. You know, there's somebody somewhere that's been thinking about that. I really believe that there's somebody, this is not just for us to build us up, but there's somebody that's been thinking about just giving it up. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you this morning, and he doesn't want you to give it up. He wants you to keep your confidence and don't throw it off. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19 says this. So God has given both his promise and his oath. God made an oath. He made a covenant with us, and he will, he will not break it. It was made with the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, and it will not be broken. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. You know, there's hope before us. Nothing else we got hope in the fact that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and we're going to be with him one day. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. In other words, this hope is it's a strong and trustworthy anchor. It anchors us. The hope in Jesus Christ, our confidence in him, confidence in him anchors us. And, it's, it, and when we get anchored in Christ, it's like if you've ever been out fishing on a lake, and I've done this, and sometimes it takes us two or three times to get that anchor in the right place, to where to grab hold and, and, and stop and hold us. We've thrown it out before, and then we just keep drifting. We're like, oh, we didn't get it. So we got to move a little bit and move a little bit. And we find a good, solid place, and that anchor sinks in, and we're not going anywhere. No matter how hard the wind blows or anything else, we're stuck right there. God, he's our hope. He's our trustworthy anchor, and he's strong. And that's what we need to do as we enter into his presence. You know, this morning, I just want you to know how much God loves you, how much Jesus loves you, how much we need to put our trust and hope in him, not in anything else, not in this church, not in me, not in, in, in the body of Christ, but in Jesus Christ. People generally can let you down. Hopefully, good, strong Christians won't do that, but people can let you down. If your hope and your eyes are fixed on somebody, if something happens to them, you'll follow with them. Because they'd be like, well, you know, I thought, and I've seen people do that over the years, believe you me, because I know people who have done that, and I know people that because of that one act that that person did, they just said, I'm done with it. I am done with it. Sometimes it took two or three that did that, and they're like, okay, that's it. Well, see, their trust wasn't in the right place. Sure, they listened and maybe were mentored by that person, but they couldn't have their trust in him. They had to be confidence had to be in Jesus Christ. Let's stand this morning, those who are in here. And you know what? God loves you this morning so much, and I love you so much, and I'm so looking forward to accomplishing that which God has promised us together, not just individually, but also together, making strong commitments to walking with Him and in Him and through Him. You know, once you make a commitment, you have to stick to it. You should. In a marriage, when you marry somebody, you have a commitment. You know, God gave us a word. He gave me a word, and we're committed to doing certain things that God has called us to do. 
One of the things is our, 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 our foreign missions to Nicaragua. We're committed to that. And you know what? Those people that God has hooked us up with down there, when they find out we're coming, they start praying for us. They, they're just excited because they know that we love them. We didn't just come down there one time and try to make a stand, but we continually go and we continually do what God's called us to do. We'll do that until God says don't. Don't know that he'll ever say don't. You know what? You can ask anybody that goes, God puts a, something in your heart for those people that it's just different. You know, in a couple of weeks, there's a group of us going down to scope out some new territory, kind of, in a sense, and to get things prepared for July. You know what? God told me about that. I noticed some people concerned and their confidence is not that great. You know, he told me, have I ever failed you yet? I said, no, sir. <laughs> he says, if I call you to do it, I tell you to do it, and I'll be with you every step of the way. And he always has. Through bad times, through hard times, through good times. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for every person in the sound of my voice. And I thank you, God, that we can hold on to you. You are our trustworthy anchor. We can have confidence in you. And Lord, I just pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would never, ever even consider throwing away that confidence, throwing away that trust and that hope and that endurance and that patience in you, Lord. Father, I just pray that we dig our heels stronger. We become more confident. We have more hope, more endurance, more patience, more remembrance of what you've done and we can go forward thank you for that Lord thank you for giving us life thank you for your son Jesus Christ Lord I pray your blessing upon every person in this room Lord there are things that people are dealing with right now Lord that I pray right now Father in the name of Jesus that you would give them strength and wisdom and guidance open their eyes to see you in the situation and quit succumbing to it. You know what? There are some that there are things going on in your life right now that God says you just need to say stop. Instead of going, well, I don't know what's going on because it just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm just saying it's time to say, whoa, stop it. It's time to say, you know what? My God is greater than this. It's greater than this thing. Because sometimes the Lord wants you to know that sometimes when you're, you're doing that, you don't see what he's doing in the situation. You only see the circumstances. You only see those things that would pull you down and would break you and would tear your confidence down. But the Lord says, I want you to look and see what I'm doing. I want you to look and see that I am going to be with you the whole way. I believe you'll start seeing things turn around. Sickness hurt, pain, um, financial disparity, peace, no peace. God says, I'm going to start restoring it. you got to keep confident and keep your trust in me and nothing else, nobody else, no thing. So, Father, I just pray that for your people this morning. I pray that over our lives, all of us, 
And Lord, I just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Y'all have a great rest of the day and rest of the week. See you Wednesday night, hopefully. Amen. A few quick announcements. As Pastor Bill said, Wednesday night, please don't miss it. 6.30, uh, we'll have the meal for you. 7 o'clock, discipleship classes, and we'll have you out of here by 8. So do not miss being here this Wednesday night. Um, two weeks from today, we will have um, our Easter service. It's at 8 o'clock in the morning, so set your alarm a little earlier. But you get to go out, you go home quick. Uh, after we have service, we'll have breakfast. So please make sure you're here for that on Easter morning. And the last thing, if you have not signed up yet to help for Vacation Bible School, please go online uh, to our online, uh, amyschurch.us. Sign up to be a volunteer. We need all the help we can get. Already had 30 kids sign up. Um, and it's um, not until July, so that's a lot. If you have a child that hasn't signed up, please do that too. Hope everybody has a great week, and we'll see you back on Wednesday night. We hope and pray.